Welcome to the Cinemad Podcast. I'm here with the Zelna brothers. One is David, one is Nathan. They've made a bunch of short films that are uh, their own particular brand of comedy. Um, you guys don't have a name for that comedy, do you? Not yet. We're working on it. It's 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 funny, but it's definitely, there's a little bit of a twisted humor to it. It's definitely, if you see something once about you guys and you haven't seen the other ones, it'll feel different and you'll recognize a second short by you guys, I think. Oh, that's good to hear. We don't. We're, we're too much in the thick of it to discern difference. It might be because you're in all of them, too. But, yeah. But it's it's definitely it's, it's a brand of humor. Um, I first found out about you guys because I had rejected you at one film festival I worked at. But I swear I liked it and the other people didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Called The Virile Man. And then, or Rummy before that, you rejected. No, I never. We never saw. Oh, you never it. saw. It, it? Yeah, they didn't see. Oh, it. that didn't make it past. That was made it past the lower tier. What year is that? That was the year before. The Vero Man. No, so then. Oh, so I physically never saw it. Okay. Because no, we would double check everything. So I would watch me. Me and one other person would see every single thing that was submitted. Uh-huh. But I, you know, it was a crapshoot if I didn't yeah, get yeah. it or not. So and then so two people didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of which were me. And then you submitted to Cinevegas, and you, on one DVD you had three shorts. Yeah. Vero Man, Quasar We thought we'd Hernandez. play our... Play, uh, play your chances. Play your chances, yeah. Because it was Vegas. Play percentages, yeah. And at that point, Trevor Groth, who is my boss at both places, I say that in a weird way because he's really just a friend, and then it's weird to say, oh, yeah, Trevor's a boss too. Um, at both places... Uh, Admonished me because he insisted that he never saw any of these at the other <laughs> festival, <laughs> which is Sundance, which is a little bit more important than Cinevegas, and uh, and fired me. Um, but it was a regular thing for me to get fired, and then I had to keep working anyway. So, um, but when we saw all three of those together, we were definitely like, "Whoa, somebody is." I mean, these guys have. It's not just like, "Oh, it's a." One good short, and there's a couple other weird things. It's like, all right, they're all really different from each other, but they're obviously a good thing. Uh, something good is going on. Um, and then to finish this intro, which is going horribly, um, then you kept making shorts. We continued making them. Uh, and I didn't realize at the time this was after two features you had already done, Frontier and uh, Plastic, Plastic Utopia. Utopia. That's right. Which we made uh, right after college. And we, I was 22, and Nathan was 20, and we, um, it was, uh, I haven't, we haven't watched it in over a decade, but it was, uh, <laughs> But I don't did know. you do shorts before that? Just we did shorts up. in college, and, uh, like in film school, and then prior to that, we did, um, uh, just home movies, you know, just like, like, you know, bad VHS spoofy stuff. But, but was the home movie where you were actually like playing characters and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would, yeah it was usually just. Uh, it was always like a, a, a spoof of some other character, like you know, like I think we did all the Rocky movies and yeah, just Rocky you know, Rambo back in the, in the mid '80s. So it was like whatever came out that summer, then we would grab a camera and just try to do our own version of it, and usually would be they're kind of silly or perverted. They're pretty cringy now because it's like <laughs> these prepubescent boys acting, you know. Like perverts, 
What happened in your version of Rocky? I don't remember. That one was pretty boring, but they had one, like we had one called Part Time Jobs about these, like these two, uh, like a buddy cop thing. Like by day they were cops, and by night they were strippers. <laughs> and and this were like you know, and then it's like you know, thirteen year old boys doing this. <laughs> you guys actually like dance? Not really. I mean, no, it would just hint. It would just hint at it. Basically, it was very, it was still pretty. It usually started with a title, and yeah. then a bad premise followed. <laughs> like what most people do when they're making home movies, I think. Yeah. and it was a lot of horror movies too. We, you know, it was before the internet, and somehow uh, maybe either through magazines or television. Uh, I remember David teaching me how to make fake blood with Kato syrup and the right amount of red and blue food color. Red and green. Red I think, and green, yeah. yeah. But, right. And just, yeah, no, it was just like, yeah, that was a lot of it. It was just like teenage kids splattering fake blood all over the place and making little little films. So it's, that's all kind of, that was where we started, and then we would try to refine our skills from there. <laughs> a little bit. And what, what did, um, did you guys both like acting? Or how did you figure out what you'd do best? Uh, yeah, we we just we before we knew what a director was and and a writer and producer and editor and all that stuff. When we we just it just it was all kind of under one umbrella to us. So it, we would um, be in front of the camera and behind it, or sometimes we just set up the camera on a tripod and just jump in front of it and do things. And then you know, as you as you got older and learn what different roles are and how they apply, we would. Still, we would we'd you know pr- pursue those areas, but we we still liked being involved in every process, part of the process when it was appropriate. Yeah, our fir- our first real editing was just the in camera type where you would set it and then you would watch the take, and if it was good, then you would rewind it just a little bit so that you know the 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 tail of the scene cut where it was supposed to, and you would you would cut out. People, you know, going and turning off the camera or whatever. So, like on VHS. Yeah, 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 yeah. on VHS. You know, we didn't have a, like editing as yeah. you shot it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. All in camera edits. That's so, so brutal. Did that actually? Did that actually kind of help things? Like you took it a little more seriously when you. Do no, something? well, it was good. It's good, and it made it made you think about what. I don't know. It just forced you to think about the process a little more. Yeah. When, when you had no idea how. I don't know how editing works. Yeah. <laughs> it just forced you to think it out of necessity. And so you would just have, like, then you just end up with one tape that was the master. Yeah. 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 No dubs, fortunately. Yeah, fortunately. <laughs> it's pretty, it's all pretty cringy now. <laughs> you kept them, though? You still have them? We still have most. There's, there's a box somewhere. Yeah, we have, we have most of them, I think. I remember but, even uh, taking, like, a Walkman and putting the, oh, yeah. the headphones of the Walkman, like, queuing up a tape uh, for, the the like, soundtrack. a song or whatever, and putting the headphones right on the, the microphone. The, the, the uh, in-camera mic. The yeah. in-camera mic. And, you know, like, okay, and start the tape, and then right when the song was supposed to start, you'd press record or whatever. Right. It seems so... Play Run DMC yeah. in the background. <laughs> it's usually what soundtrack was. How, how long were they? They were just shorts? Well, it was like to us, it was, a, I don't know, it was until we got bored doing, I mean, it was, you know, like 15 minutes or 10 minutes, something like that. We didn't we didn't know what a short was, really. It was just kind of, um, it was uh, it was just as, as, as long as our attention span dictated, you know, for how we'd spend an afternoon. Yeah, so yeah. nothing, not even 30, not, 30 minutes? No, well, I think um, in... in uh, any epics? Well, we made, I think we, there's a couple, like, 45-minute epics we made in, uh, like, when we were 17, 
16, something like that. But that when we got a hold of like, you know, three quarter deck uh, editing equipment. Oh, really? Yeah. And, um, which is not much different than editing in camera. Yeah, it was still pretty, it's still very clunky. And then press a couple buttons and then, you know, you would insert your edit by hitting play and record. Right. Yeah, assembly editing. Yeah, assembly editing. And then what, what were those? Or you didn't get any better? Uh, no, that's, well, those had actual scripts and stuff, but it was still, you know, teenagers sticking around. I don't know. They just, we had one called a boy and his chainsaw. And was it a school project? It started as a school project, yeah. And then another one was, uh, um, oh, what was it? Was had a Utopia in Hell? Yeah, Utopia in Hell was one. Ambiguous. Uh, oh, Ambiguous Chaos. Chaos. Which has one. Oh, and Pilgrimage of the Damned. I like that, that title. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one. That was a fun one. That's, fa- that's Total Kutar Brother vibe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Anything damned. Yeah, much yeah. Copyright Kuchar. <laughs> Did you? So what? How, how does anybody get good? How does anybody like figure out? Well, I don't know. We're still figuring out, but we just would keep. <laughs> I don't know. Just we'd always. I remember like with those the stuff we made as a kid. We'd always watch it, and then always we thought it was going to be you know like I don't know what we imagined it being, and then what it was when we watched it was very different, and so we were always kind of disappointed, and like in terms of like how obvious and hammy the acting was or how bad it was shot and all that and you so it's more fun about it, back then it was more fun just making it rather than than watching it afterwards and so but right. watching it we i don't know we just kind of learned from making lots of mistakes and uh and and but then did you feel like you had like your own style of comedy or is it just no. because it's you guys making it it's a certain way we just would try to no we didn't really we just we just would um try to make stuff that we liked and avoid stuff that we didn't like and learn from our mistakes and uh, just keep churning stuff out and then it would yeah. the, the style would kind of evolve on its own I think yeah I don't think we ever even we never had a shorts, we for... never said hey let's make one that's in the same vein of such and such or whatever and like like David was saying earlier we, we you know we just we would just make them and it would just you know we would just stay true to whatever that particular story was and then uh i remember i had i had kind of like a feeling when once we watched a bunch of them in a row either like with an audience or whatever and then i was like oh there's kind of like a similarity between there that wasn't something we intentionally set out to do it's just because of who we are it's just kind of inherent to it also a lot of it just seeing stuff that we didn't like and knowing that we wanted to do something different from that um Right. That that was as useful to us as anything else, I think. Did you guys go to film school and then you just like I can make a feature? Basically, we were, you know, I don't know, the early twenties and just we we've kind of fell for the whole thing of you make a movie and then suddenly that's it and and, mm-hmm. and didn't realize all the the work that's required afterwards and uh, and we we put all this we we shot uh, Plastic Utopia on sixteen millimeter because before video would really um, you know evolved. In in a, the way that it has since, and um, it was in like this is like in the late '90s, and um, uh, we we spent a, like we had a lot of saved up money that we spent on it, and it, we lost it all, and it didn't get into any festivals really, and it just kind of died. So it was a big, it was a brutal like lesson. Because <laughs> you and shot on film, and well. we shot on yeah. film, yeah, yeah. So it was just it was a huge learning experience, and we just had to kind of lick our wounds and keep making stuff. So. We just as a way to kind of 
Keep Busy, we made Frontier, which was by by that time some some nice started yeah yeah, yeah DV started coming out and we uh, we got a decent video camera and and made that knowing that it was about as inaccessible as possible <laughs> outside of you know the group of people making it because we we just um, I don't know just wanted to make something completely selfish and, and for ourselves and it uh, in a for, fake. Well, in a foreign language, and uh, right for, and, pe- for people who haven't seen it, which is everyone. Yeah, it's it takes place in the country of Bobovia, Bobovia. Yes, yes. And what's the language? Bobovian. Bobovian, yeah, of course. And um, it follows some people around, and it does have Sasquatch, and it's sort of Tarkovsky, but slower, <laughs> sloppy home movie in Tarkovsky, yeah, yeah. home movie of Tarkovsky. Uh, but it was fun to do, and I'm, you know, and I'm. Ha- we went all the way with it, and um, um, but uh, that had limited exposure. Uh, and but it, was put, it did come out on DVD. Yeah, no, it came out on yeah. DVD, and we've gotten some interesting responses from it. And I'm, and I'm, I'm totally happy, happy with it. Again, it was made like that's been. It's, it was a, a good while ago, but I know I had some great stuff in it that I'm really happy with. I think we got mm-hmm. some some really great comedy moments in it, although we don't really go back and watch our stuff afterwards so I haven't, we haven't seen that one in years and uh yeah and then after that we just kind of went back to making shorts and wanted to um just because it takes so long to make a feature so you know, spend a couple of years on it, a lot of money and time and then if it doesn't go anywhere then you're, you're screwed so we just wanted to kind of dig in and kind of re- try to hone our skills and figure out what what kind of a uh what our voice was i guess and um and, and just keep making shorts and right. uh, try different things. And if some failed, then it wasn't a big deal. But how, <clears throat> you know, why comedy? Why did you guys go that route? Why do you want to make people? I mean, it's it's an uncomfortable laugh, but for the most part, you're going for laughs. We keep trying to make dramas, but then we sabotage it with gags. And that's just the way it's because that's what we're inspired by usually are dramas. And so we keep trying to do that. But then as we're making it, well, I mean, through all stages, writing and then production and then editing, it's like if we see something that makes us laugh, we can't help but kind of run with that. And um, just because, I th- well, and I mean, like uh, in real life, there's funny stuff and tragic stuff, and so it's it, we, we like the idea of trying to juggle both worlds uh, when when possible. Uh, but then, if you if you're watching with a crowd and they don't laugh, does that does that make it a drama? I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that's 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 where we go with it. Or it just it. means that you know maybe they're uncomfortable in a, in a different way, which is you know I, I think as long as we get some kind of response, reaction, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Even if they hate it, I'd rather that than indifference. So let's talk about the Republican agenda. <laughs> now, how is it like living in Texas? We have one idea of Texas, us Californians. <clears throat> but do you guys like it? Austin really is like sort of the savior. Yeah, Austin is my favorite place. It's the only place I would live in Texas. Uh, it's a great city. Really easy to live there. And yeah, in terms of film, it's a it's a great local film community. Um, it's How did people? Do people just were they just drawn to it? It's a it's. I, I mean, there is there's obviously Robert Rodriguez and Linklater, but there is an incredible amount of really talented writers, directors, technicians living there year round and making really cool for lack of a better word, like film festival indie stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know. We just, I mean, we've been there a long time. I went to college there and, and then just kind of, it just, and that was because I, you know, grew up not too far away. And, and so it it wasn't like, uh, it it just kind of, just kind of ended up in Austin because of that. And then stayed after college because, um, it was an easy place to live and, and easy place to make film. Been a long process of the the film community evolving, um, Mm -hmm. with, with, um, some of the, like people working on their films, getting excited and doing their own movies. Is that really? Yeah. Happened? Well, people. I mean, people were, but it's just it's become stronger and stronger over the past ten years, I think. And um, and 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 people that were like, you know, outside of the big guys, you know, breaking out into the you know festival circuit and and getting exposure and and everyone, you know, at different levels of of working their way up to getting bigger things off the ground. So that's that's cool because you have you know friends making great stuff that are you know having success on their end and it's inspiring and everyone's, you know, it's, so it, it, it all, it all kind of feeds itself in a, in a really positive way. Mm-hmm. I think. <clears throat> well, you're making all these shorts, you're playing Sundance multiple times, playing a lot of the festivals and are you trying to escape or <clears throat> it ended up, you made the feature Goliath in Austin, not somewhere else. Uh, well, oh yeah, that was, that was... Escape is the is the mean word. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. No, I mean I love Austin. And I love other, you know I love other places too. It's just for for everything we've done thus far, it's been you know the the, the best place. And we couldn't make Goliath anywhere but Austin because we had to, we that was a feature we made a few years ago, um, uh, and it was just made from you know a lot. We called together lots of different resources. We we want to make all kinds of films, some big, some small, but we you know. I, being part of the festival circuit's really exciting. And why did you? Was it easy to make it about a cat? What sort of drew you to? Well, a lot of our films. Story. I don't know. We like I just you know big animal people in general, and then kind of like the way um, one would like you know as long as you don't put any expectations on an animal, I like that you can get a really natural performance out of them if you expect nothing. And uh, so we've used animals that were not trained. They were just like, you know, like pets and stuff and just let them do whatever they wanted to do. And then we would construct, you know, like work our story, adjust our story accordingly, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then also we like the way that people, you know, fascinated by different people's relationships between themselves and the animal or the relationships they, they impose on the animals. And um, we played with that with several of our shorts uh, with, you know, with dogs and chickens and sharks and for this it, we thought it would be interesting to do the feature with a cat because um about it's about a guy that that is going through a divorce and he um in, in the in the midst of dealing with all that he loses his cat and um as a way to kind of cope with the loss and the the turmoil in his life he kind of puts all his focus into uh into the cat Finding the cat is kind of some form of salvation, I guess, is like the the, the gist of it, and uh, that's kind of where we started from. And um, well, that, what kind of what, what do people put on their animals? Why do people? I don't know. Some people, uh, I don't know. Just the some people have very uh, intense relationships with their pets, where they like it's their main source of happiness, and some people where it's just more of a pet and nothing more, and so we just. Like playing with that dynamic, and then also where some you know when you have a couple that breaks up and it's it, dividing up the pets is a little different from you know 
custody of a child or something because it's a little mm. more of a nebulous thing and, and it's half it, property half yeah it's a little there's a gray area with that yeah. and so that's kind of that was just a we've you know heard of people that have been in that situation and it's and kind of like to play with that dynamic and it's also you know good comedy fodder so uh yeah. we've kind of wanted to apply that to this this film and, and with a cat because uh, also with, with cats, people's, uh, it, I don't, like everyone can, even if they're not a dog person, they don't hate dogs typically, but there's, for some reason you, with cats, people are more divided. You have, you know, big cat people and, and some serious cat haters, haters for whatever reason. And so we uh, thought that it, would yeah. be a fun dynamic to play with as, a, as opposed to having, uh, the crux of it be a dog. <clears throat> We've had lots of interest, like showing it all over the at different festivals and everything we've had people we wouldn't expect like the movie come up to us afterwards and say how much they loved it and they were you know like like an old lady in in, in Baltimore coming up and saying oh, I I was I I just you know wanted to say how much I love the film it was it was very sweet and and I'm just the you know the cat I'm just such a cat person and they would always like that the that hooked them into the film and then they ended up liking it and probably for different reasons than someone else might or they saw something different because they identified with the main character in a, in a different way yeah which is funny because you know the character does some pretty despicable stuff mm-hmm. and so some people you know again to Nathan <laughs> yeah well to a lot of people yeah yeah and um and uh it, yeah it does a lot of a lot of bad stuff and but but and, and some people... Well, you, you think know, people, like, kind of forgive him, or at least... I like, think there's some... A lot of... I will hopefully, you know, people that either can just identify with the character in general, you know, can forgive him and, and go along for the ride. But there's some people, I think, that... And that's hopefully what we would like, you know, in general as a response to the film. But then there's some people that are, like... It was interesting that were, like, hardcore cat people that completely forgave all of his flaws and were, like, completely accepting of them just because it was... Because uh, uh-huh. it in, it involved the you know because he loved a cat so because much. he loved a cat and, and <laughs> even you know, stuff that we can't defend we you know they, they were just completely forgiving of his of some of his actions which is which is just, it's just interesting to get people's responses yeah. and interpretation of it and we just you know we we wanted the character to be you know to ha- you to have some sympathy for it we didn't want him to be you know a total you know mess and, and people just like despise him during the whole film so I guess the cat angle worked that I also remember having some people comment you know uh, not on the cat but the fact that they had recently gone through a divorce and they you know they didn't know why they felt sorry for him but maybe that was the reason they could just you know identify with him on on a different level and you know just things that we kind of thought of this scenario and 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 the stuff that happens to him and but didn't really like said anything to like oh well this would be you know we didn't go out and like let's make a movie for cat people you know or let's, right. you know the you know <laughs> recent divorcees will really dig this film you know that kind of thing it was just kind of interesting seeing people's reactions to it no we never have any agenda like that so, well that divorce the divorce scene's amazing because it's just is it four minutes long yeah it's a yeah. four minute single shot take of the of the, the the couple in the film signing divorce papers and it just seemed like the only way to do it 
and and be true to it just because if we did a montage or something and it would cheapen it so we just felt you know like they like really or 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 tried to wrap it up through some tidy dialogue we just thought it would be much more interesting to um to show the physical action of them dealing with you know the the like signing mm-hmm. these papers is kind of like the the punctuation mark at the end of their their everything that they've had you know up did you think moment. people were going to laugh at it uh, I don't well I just uh, I didn't as long as they responded one way or the other mm-hmm. you know um, we were we would we were fine one of the you know there wasn't it's like how do you direct somebody signing mm-hmm. papers and I think the only thing we came up with was that the wife would get through it as quickly as possible and then uh, David's character would kind of mull things over a little bit more and kind of just you know, stall. stall because he was the one that didn't want the divorce anyway and so he thought it was more like that was the, the last way he could hold out on on the the end of the marriage was to to drag to, yeah, yeah to drag out this, you know, the paperwork the as long as possible and it, and, it, and it just without like you know writing the scene out or anything it kind of created one where then she's waiting on him to finish so she can so get on she with can her get life on with her life yeah, and right. it's that kind of uncomfortableness of them in the same room and and then the audience watching this guy kind of like go through it and, and, and you know just drag it out audience for but sure. th- that's definitely that's a good part of your comedy is the release laughter yeah trying to set up uh i don't know have a slow burn with a with a payoff i mean we don't it's not it's more of a a gut instinct where you know how we, how we should pace the, the comedy or anything like that because the more you analyze comedy is the, that's the quicker you the quickest way to destroy it and make it just you know horrible so it just we, we just a lot of it it's not we just uh, kind of go with a gut instinct of, of what will work timing wise or aesthetically how we you know want to present you know a, a certain joke and uh, and then and and roll with it and Hopefully, and you know, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But have you had any happy characters? Um, the end of Goliath, the guy's happy for he's sure. He's a very happy ending yeah. at Gal- in Goliath. Because yeah, people always forget that. Oh. Well, they don't expect the as a very happy end, as a like a almost forced happy ending, which we wanted. <laughs> we wanted it to be nice and tidy and and like almost frustratingly so, because um, it works. Everything you know, he puts people through all you know all kinds of complicated messes but then he makes it nice and tidy for himself right. <laughs> and so it's he creates his own happy ending um but okay, there's one there's one and that's really about five minutes of the whole film <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's credits basically um right. quasar hernandez not not happy no, not, well that's lies melancholy. to a child yeah lies yeah i guess a not a, but well but it's uh but i mean everything you know every scenario that we i think we've We've That's done. What, it's like there's no. I think it would. We're not trying to sabotage it by forcing a lesson or or something on the character that would that would cause them to get out of the situation. Um, you know, I, I don't think. I don't think like like. You know, the just be if the main character doesn't change, it doesn't mean that the audience doesn't learn something from him. Or it does, well, it doesn't. It's not mm-hmm. learning. It's about whether it's watchable or. In, 
you know, enjoyable. Um, well, I mean, what you get from it, you know, what, what you get out of it. It's not, it, we're just not beating characters down just to just to beat them down. I mean, you, we're you not know. even trying to, I don't even think we're trying to beat them down. It's just kind of going with what seems true to the character and then where it ends up, it ends up. And if it, I don't know, as long as we're coming from a sincere place with it, I, we don't, we never really thought about whether it was, they were happy or sad at the end, as long as it was, had some like element of truth, even if it was, you know, something mm. totally absurd. Yeah, just feeling real, like what that what would actually happen. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. We've never we've never thought. I don't know. And partly, you know, when you know, people going through tragic situations is really really funny when done a certain way. So I think that also lends itself to why we've gone certain directions with things. How did you guys end up with the uh, Sasquatch footage for the for the recent birth journal that you found? That was something we'd been planning for about That's probably about. I don't know. Close I mean, to well, like, like, we've been wanting to really, yeah, planning it out for a long time, but it was just never. We just never were able to get it, and then official planning was probably about six months to get like, you know, find the area that we thought would be most, you know, yeah, a, you know, uh, the best opportunity for finding a Sasquatch and doing that, you know, talking to people and getting that kind of research down, but. The overall idea of, of documenting the Sasquatch in, in that unique situation was, you know, gestating for a really long time. Yeah. Well, and we just wanted to try to capture some, outside of, like, our scripted stuff, just capture some really mm-hmm. amazing, like, a real, some real amazing moments that, like, unlike anything we had gotten before and hopefully, like, anything people had seen before. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we were little... Um, like our family, we we spent a little bit of time in Italy, and we were actually at our first exposure to film when we were children. We were um, featured extras in Solo, um, right? This Pasolini film, and and just that was the first time we were on a set and and being extras as children, and seeing how you know filmmaking worked and all that was really, uh, it was really eye opening. And so and and the moments they captured. You know, really stuck with us, and and uh, just being in the background of it all. So, from there, uh, were, were you in all three parts of it? Oh, it's, it's been a long time. You can barely see us in, in the in the background in a couple scenes, but we were definitely you know in the middle of it all. Um, and it was like yeah, a really unforgettable experience. And and so we just wanted to capture. I don't know, just, but we appreciate what you know he was capturing. That that it was real moments. Yeah, real moments. And so that's what you know we really took that with us. And then um, did you get? Were you able to talk to him at all, or was there? No, no, no. It was just through other people. It was just in the background. And at the time, you don't know. You know, you don't even know what it is or anything. Or it's just a foreign film. And then when you're older, and you can realize, you know, that what you're a part of is pretty cool. Oh sure, and you and didn't even you didn't know Italian, so you didn't know. What was no, going on. it didn't. It was just it was just you know going to a movie set, which was we realize you know when you're a little kid you think it's really boring and everything, but um, a lot of just hanging out and waiting to shoot and and uh, with other kids and stuff and and but they you know they spoke Italian and so oh there was, were a lot of kids there. yeah a lot of yeah. kids and you just get kind of bored. Um, but that's you, but you at least learn how the you know how it works, and so it was it was interesting years later to you know see the, the actual film and and uh, you know how the how the magic is put together. So that was like a, that was a huge influence on us for this, mm-hmm. and uh, I think another one in terms of like capturing you know real special moments is when we were teenagers. Like one of our first jobs is we were um, uh, videographers for Chuck Berry. Mm-hmm. And um, we just would, you know, he had 
um, it was like early days of video cameras, and he would just. But have, you guys were actually paid. Yeah, yeah, like very, you know, but for you know, for what a uh, you know young kid is a lot. Um, but it was just you know we just he just wanted to videotape stuff around his home and everything, mm-hmm. and, and we got to learn how to use video cameras and you know set stuff up on a tripod and. It was just. Um, it did a lot of in-camera editing. Yeah, back then. yeah. All right. It was you a, guys already knew how to do that. Yeah, yeah. You think he brought that to the gig? I think. Well, I think you know that probably helped us get in the door. Yeah. You know. Um, so it was, but it was just a cool way. I don't know. It was. It was. It was. If, if you know, the first time that we were it, almost like a documentary setting, just to you know, he just wanted to catch like capture like natural like real life stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and so that gave us kind of something to to strive for when we went on to make our own things later. It was that that was actually a paid gig though? Yeah, but we're talking like minimum wage yeah, basically. Sure. Back yeah. then was not not much. Yeah. yeah but but, but, but we were just happy to be able to play with cameras and you know and and um Oh and you probably got to travel a little bit? Oh no, it was all at his house really. Oh okay. at, his, at, at his house. So it was yeah, it was oh, I thought he I thought he had some uh, location work. He, oh well, some, but I mean, like always, near in this area, you know, oh, like okay. nothing, nothing on the road for us at least. You know, yeah. he, he, you know, shot all kinds of stuff, but, but yeah, it was, it was pretty. It was just, you know, filming just stuff around his house. Um, but along those lines, like we've always, I mean, one of the things we like about filmmaking is the ability to travel to new places and and stuff. And we, you know, we got to hang out at Chuck Berry's house, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Or like go out in the. Gulf of Mexico, or yeah. you know, go up to the you know Pacific. Uh, At the time, we were just excited that he had a jacuzzi. Yeah, we hadn't seen one of those before, and so that was right. like, wow, we get a film, you know, yeah, jacuzzis like, and stuff like that. How so, how old were you guys? Oh, I think like uh, eight or nine. Right? Yeah, yeah right. like that. We just expressed uh, an interest, mm-hmm. and, and it was cool with your parents because he was yeah famous. yeah famous. yeah because he's famous. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, you can go. You can always trust famous people. Yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, without worry. Yeah, and and we just you know, and you know, everyone has their different quirks, you know, in their house, and you just kind of roll with it, and and it was uh, it was you know, mm-hmm. he, he lived differently than we did, but we just, but it was all about capturing that moment. It's probably the money that does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if but, you have that much money, you just go try different things. Absolutely, and and I think we, I don't know. It's just a great learning experience for us. We we took away a lot. Like of how to deal with actors. How to deal with actors. How to deal with people in general, and um, then and ha- ha- also how to ex- means too. Like I mean, mm-hmm. there was no like professional lights or anything like. Oh, that. Oh wow! I mean, we it's know, captured pretty pretty well. I guess maybe that's. Um, Almost like what Mumblecore like, might have come out of. Yeah, he want, it was. Yeah, first, Chuck Berry you know. might have started Mumblecore if yeah. you want to. Really, probably did. Yeah. I think he did. Now that I now that we talk about it, yeah, if you want to break it down, break it down. Yeah, like you know, like naturalistic lighting and and rough camera work and and um, I'm just talking and about and getting like real raw moments, you know, with with you know with, with yeah and mm-hmm. and. Right, it's always intimacy issues. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. and just get yeah, just being really true to yourself in the moment, and capturing things that you know you wouldn't be able to to uh, get if uh, you know if you did it any other way. And so we were really happy to be part of that. Yeah, I'm surprised when the the mumblecore movement started picking up more steam, he didn't you know make more films. Or that he doesn't, I don't know, that he doesn't gotten the recognition he deserved. No, as, I think... As a, I mean, everyone knows him bit. as a musician, but not as a, yeah. as you know, um, 
like a writer, a, a writer director, underground yeah. filmmaker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he, uh, you know, he did. He was prolific the way, the way you can be with that style, though. You know, like really just going from one to another to another to another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He liked long static shots that are very similar to what you'd see with someone like Bellatar. You know, I mean, he just mm-hmm. he just liked to keep yeah, no cuts, no, no cuts, cuts, keep it wide, and let the let the let the uh, the scene unfold. You know, in real time on its own terms, rather than being forced with or with close ups or editing. And I, you know, I mean, you know, stuff that you know, I'd say a lot of people. Like Bellatar or um, uh, other, um, you know, international art house filmmakers um, are getting, you know, recognition mm-hmm. for, you know, it, I don't know, either indirectly or directly were influenced by the the aesthetic choices he was making. I don't think he didn't even use credits. He was like sort of against no, that kind no, of, it's just so it was like against dogma the tradition. before dogma. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's perfect. Pasolini never uh, gave you any like lasting words of advice. Oh, I wish I could say that were the case, but you know, it was a huge, a huge set, a mm-hmm. huge crew. We didn't know who, you know, they just needed, you know, young people around for, you know, for like large, you know, scenes with with just children or you know, young young kids as, as extras. Mm-hmm. And um, so we, you know, we didn't even know who the director, you know, where he was, you know, just like this is a bunch of Italians around wrangling, you know, kids and and. And so it was only later, in hindsight, they were like, "Oh, we wish you know we had had um, hung out know. with them more." Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but it was you know at the time you know you just yeah. it was the first time we'd never even seen a foreign movie at that time at that point in time, uh, let alone you know been on the set of one. So it was uh, it was just was it, it was, was the it, first time for a lot of things. Was the craft service pretty good? Not really. I don't really remember. Too I many just, people. It was just like a pasta bar, yeah. And um, that, that's that's pretty much it. But it was hot, and it was in the summer. Oh man! Um, so it's like, you know, time to eat manja, manja. You know. Yeah, that's the only Italian we learned was manja, manja, which I think is Italian for eat. I think so. Like too. commanding you to eat. Like it was always emphatic, okay, <laughs> an exclamation point. But that that was on. That's the all. That's the only Italian I remember from the whole thing. With this, lots of manja, manja, manja. Yeah. They because you know Italians like to eat. They want to like keep lunch it break. Manja. Yeah. 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 It's cool for your parents to like take you know let you take such learning trips, such educational. Yeah, they're pretty. Uh, you know. They just well, they didn't just encourage us to. I don't think they knew all the details of it. I mean, I think they were like parasailing. Oh, and uh, and, and we were, and like, parents get the checks when you're a kid too, right? Yeah, well, this was food. There was yeah, no, this wasn't paid. It was just for the extras. Oh, okay. So yeah, I think they were like they were, they were like parasailing and just kind of left us you know with the set for the day. And um, yeah, I wish you know, wish we had more. Uh, personal experience, you know, beyond that. But it was, you know, but it, on uh, for what it was, it was, you know, real. Uh, just a. Uh, it was not only a learning experience for f- how film works, but just a great life experience in a short amount of time. And that just and that led to Sasquatch Birth Journal too. Yeah, those yeah. are that's the long and it's a long roundabout way of uh, saying we, we. Those are the, the kind of. I don't know, or influences for our work in general. But then we, you know, we kind of wanted to get back to our roots with with Sasquatch Birth Journal too, and 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 in terms of like really capturing a, a pure moment, 
And uh, so we kind of looked at where we came from and what kind of set us down this path we've been on, and uh, and that and 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 that led to, you know, um, uh, the the ambition to you know to to capture this on film and to uh, do it in the way that we did. And there's two versions, right? Is it was one version banned in America or something? No, no. I would love to get banned in some way. It's pretty, <laughs> you know, it's all, it's all this is all like you know just G-rated happiness. It's um, it's uh, like it's what the, the miracle of life. It's but, America. It's yeah. like what you see on Discovery Channel or Animal Planet. And uh, the Birth Journal we have Sasquatch Birth Journal one, which hasn't re- hasn't really been shown anywhere yet. It's a oh, that's the longer version. That's a long. That's a twenty three okay. so minute. It's not the same film. No, no, it's no, totally no. different footage. It's a different Sasquatch. It's a different Sasquatch. It's uh, um, it's but it is but it's a, it's another birth. But it's uh, it's a twenty three minute single shot installation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. We would like to have a, we're, you know we have a handful of installations we've been putting together and would like to com- compile them at some point. But um, with a piece of the Sasquatch, right? Uh, maybe we. Or you haven't figured it out. Yeah, yet. we're still working that out. But yeah, that. But and then the you know and the but the 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 one that um has has been shown so far is is uh, Sasquatch Birth Journal two, and it's um because that long one's just too real. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just better in an installation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other one is just a nice tight four minutes. And yeah, and it was just you know just the way the labor worked out. You know that the the first time we got it, it was just a longer process, and the second time, the the beast had a different technique, and that may mm, have right. made it a little bit quicker. Um, oh, that's yeah. I I just figured it would be all the same. Is it something like um, you know, hospitals versus uh, at home birth? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like everyone has their own style, you know, and and that you know, it's just we just captured two different birthing methods Styles. and. Uh, the, the one thing we learned when getting it is that the Sasquatch internalizes a lot of emotion and a lot of you know pain or whatever they're feeling. So there's much it, they're we, just much more resilient than humans. Yeah, we can't really oh, tell yeah. if it was more painful or anything. It just you know just was a longer longer journey for for her. Well, for what we assume or what anthropologists have told us, like for safety purposes, they have to maintain like. You know, silence and and not scream or howl or mm-hmm. anything because then it could attract uh, wild animals that and you know that their their uh, newborn could. Oh know, sure, could, yeah, yeah. So they they just for safety purpose, they're, that's as vulnerable as it gets, and so that's they mm-hmm. they yeah. they I would hope go so. out of their way to maintain um, you know to, to have as little presence as possible when giving birth. And, or just in general, it's probably why they're so mysterious and so many, you know. So little people have seen them is because they are the quietest animal on the face of the, face of the planet. Mm-hmm. They just keep a very low profile, even through one of the most, you know, stressful and traumatic events in in, in their in their in their life. Mm-hmm. Well, they have we we and again, this is we don't uh, I don't claim to be an anthropologist. No, that, you're not an expert. Yeah, right? we're not an expert. But we have talked to lots of anthropologists, and the one another theory is that they have. A greater number of shy genes than mm. than other animals, and so that that makes them, you know, be out of the the public eye much more than say like a deer, mm-hmm. which has much less uh, yeah. shy genes. Deer is very motivated by food and just you know sure whatever yeah you know it can do and things to work that way. 
Right. You know, there's uh, certain animals that you don't see a lot of. And, yeah, like the one, like nocturnal animals and mm-hmm. um, a lot of a lot of uh, burrowing animals. They all have a greater number of shy genes than a lot of. Um, Oh, you know, like birds have very few. No, pigeons have none. Yeah, none. None, none. And and so it's really interesting. At least this is a theory that was, you know, explained to us how that all works. You know, like I think most of those uh, nature videos are just pure luck. Mm -hmm. Well, you just got to play the percentages and keep, you know, we shot tons of footage before we got what we ended up with. Our shooting Um, ratio is probably the most that's ever been on anything that we've done. Yeah. Just incredible, but I mean, but that's what you have to do for that sort of you know thing. So I mean, Chuck Berry had an incredible shooting ratio as well. He got a lot of films out of that though. Yeah, yeah but and that's only what you know. But he took the cream of the crop, you know. To there's a lot of B-roll footage that. Um, oh wow, is, would be pretty amazing if someone could ever. Edit. It's weird that it's not Criterion Collection. Like, yeah, no, just you know, just a matter of time. He's a, he's an unsung auteur. You know that that will he'll get his due someday. Box set, yeah. yeah I would hope so. At least Eclipse, right? Well, I wish we could talk about Sasquatch longer. Are you gonna do another one? No, I think we covered. It just takes too long. It takes too long. We have other. We have so many other things we want to tackle. It. I think we'll leave it at that for now with with that one. And we and we're satisfied with what we accomplished. So, right, yeah. right. I mean that that's the kind of stuff that's gonna get your work. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we, we we captured something that no one else has ever mm-hmm. captured on film before. You know, you can turn on TV and see, you know, a thousand different types of nature docs, and and none of them, uh, I think, you know, solved so many questions and 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 showed, you know, explained as much wonder as what we did, and and uh, you know, that's as far as we wanted to take it. That's what we set out to do. So. Yeah, we might be downplaying it, downplaying it here. Yeah, we just try. To, we like to be modest and then let the experts sort it out in terms of its relevance. But we've gotten, you know, we've been asked to um, speak and and share in, in the yeah. academic world. That's that's outside of the, like the film festival circuit. It's um, it's definitely um, made its mark, and uh, we'll be curious to see how it evolves from here. Well, thanks for doing this podcast. Thanks, thanks Mike.